0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Going to have you along with us here on this Tuesday
1: morning. Maybe the cutest dog ever was carjacked
0: in Milwaukee this morning, presumably still missing. I love him <laughs> with like my entire life. Bet you he's really confused right now.
1: That's Richard Hoover talking with TMJ4 News. His dog George was in the car when the car was stolen at gunpoint, Oakland and North Milwaukee's east side. Actually, a really frightening story. I mean, here's just a guy busy Milwaukee neighborhood. A lot of folks know it. Right? Oh yeah, uh, right near UWM. Mm-hmm. A lot of other things going on there. And somebody pointed a gun at him. According to police, these guys took his car. Dog George is inside. Car was quickly recovered, only a couple of hours, banged up as these things often turn out to be, right? Just quick joyride, smash up the car, ditch it. Yep. Appears to be what happened, but no dog. (laughs) You know me. That's
2: heartbreaking.
1: Right? You guys know me. Oh, my God. I'm not a dog guy. No, you're not a dog person. But this is a cute dog. Like, he kind of looks a little like uh, Hank the Ballpark Pup, a little bigger, right? Yeah. Kind of fluffy and all. Uh, the pictures of them all over the place all the TV stations did the story it's all over social media so
3: what would we expect that once they stole the car realized there was a pup inside and just let the dog out no maybe There's best something case scenario. worse well what would be worse that a be bait s- dog they what
1: a bait dog what does
3: oh. that mean?
1: dog fighting
3: Yeah, but you're assuming that's why they stole the car.
1: No, they just happened to, uh, no, they stole the car for a joyride. I bet they saw this dog and then saw dollar signs.
3: Hmm.
1: Well, Hoover's put up a $500 reward, says he's not looking for retribution, told TMJ4 he just wants George back safe, right, trying to appeal to the carjackers in the event they may still have George.
0: If you're not going to have empathy for the dog, have empathy for me, um, and other people who love him um, and want to see him back home. Empathy.
1: That line struck me right there, right? That's new. Wow, what a concept. Band of crooks willing to point a gun at a guy to joyride his car. I'm guessing empathy, not their strong suit. For now, maybe hold out hope that they let George go or that somehow dog escaped before some of the more nefarious possibilities that Debbie's raised. But uh, somebody needs to find that dog, get him back to Richard Hoover. 613 on Wisconsin's Morning News.
3: Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All
0: Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Bucks are back in preseason action tonight after beating the Lakers in LA on Sunday. Giannis and the Bucks will be in Oklahoma City tonight to take on the Thunder. Head coach Adrian Griffin encouraged so far from what he has seen from his dynamic duo in Giannis and Damian Lillard. You know, he's a unique
2: player where he can stretch the floor with his three point shooting. He also can turn the corner and has the speed and the strength to to finish at the rim. So it was, you know, it was good to see both of them out there. I thought they did a, a, a great job. I, I thought in the second quarter we really started to settle down and you could see our, our defense or identity start to come through. And if we get stops, you know, I know every coach says that, but... You know we get stops and we can get out and run, and you can see, you know, the potential that we have on the offensive end of and in the open floor.
0: Coverage of tonight's game between the Bucks and Thunder will get underway tonight right here on WTMJ, beginning at 6 p.m. with Bucks shootaround. The Packers hit the practice field on Monday for the first time following their bye week and got some good news for once. Running back Aaron Jones, who missed the Week Five matchup in Las Vegas with that hamstring injury, he returned to the field. As a full participant, offensive coordinator Adam Stenovich speaking post practice on what the Packers' offense has been missing without number 33. He's one of those guys that really has a knack for it. He's shown, you know, over the course of the last five years to be pretty exceptional when it comes to that. So anytime you take a playmaker off the field like that, it's going to affect your offense. And it's just a matter of allowing these other guys opportunities you know, to create plays. So we're still kind of figuring out which guys we can put in which area and which guys we can count on. We just got to keep hammering home and keep keep our faith in these guys because uh, we do have some talent. The Packers will be out in the Mile High City this weekend. And speaking of football, I'm going to bring Eric and Vince on here. Flag football coming to an Olympic game near you, 2028 in L.A. I mean, it's going to seem like it's going to be unfair, right? NFL players, Playing flag football against Are they good no, NFL guys aren't gonna play. Tyree Kill's been adamant about it. Yeah, absolutely. Would you want your favorite NFL
3: player to play?
0: Here's, here's my take on that. Only if,
1: like, some <laughs> European team, like, rises up and starts talking smack about, hey, we were pretty competitive with the Americans, and they're getting... Okay, then you put together your dream team. You end that real quick in one Olympics
0: and say, if you guys pop
1: off again, <laughs> we're going to do
0: this again. It's, yeah, just like we did with basketball. But, but I, I... but. I mean, who are you going to put in there? Is it going to be amateurs? Is it going to be college football? I mean, either way, I think.
1: I mean, Weekend Warriors, the guy you know at your work. (laughs) Whoever (laughs) else.
3: We'll see about that. Just regular guys. Jerry. Yeah. A guy named Jerry. Yeah, he plays some flag football. (laughs)
1: A lot of like middle-aged dudes going like, ooh, and maybe have, that's me. They have to out. drink I a little bit this. of beer. <laughs> like, yeah, I can do this. We have to yeah. level
0: the playing field a little bit. Popping Miller lights after the game. <laughs> <laughs> 2028 flag football coming to the Olympics. And lastly, the Astros finding themselves in a 2-0 hole, 2-0 hole in the ALCS after Texas won game two by a final of 5-4 to four in the Philadelphia Phillies, getting a home run from Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper as they take Game 1 of the NLCS by a final of 5-3. to three. A comprehensive list of all the fall and Halloween-related activities
1: going here in Southeast Wisconsin as we head into the weekend. That story coming up next. 621 on Wisconsin's Morning News, bringing in friend of the program, Callie Hertz She's editor of Milwaukee with Kids, mkewithkids.com. Good morning, Callie.
4: Good morning.
1: You ready to talk some Halloween today?
4: I'm ready. This is like one of my favorite times of year.
1: Okay, awesome. So, lots to do in these waning days of fall, including just kind of tooling around the neighborhood, maybe, and checking out some of the Halloween displays. Can we ask you? We've been talking about this for a couple of days here. The the community page where I live in Greendale, it has this hot debate going right now. There is a pretty extensive. Halloween display, it's a little bit gory in one of the neighborhoods, and some parents have raised the issue of the kids walking by. I mean, in fairness, it does have, like, a body bag with a guy who has an axe in the chest. It appears
3: to be a body wrapped in a bed sheet, <laughs> splattered with blood. And so it's a an, lot. An axe in the chest, yes. yes. <laughs> there,
1: there is a line that could be crossed, right, with the neighborhood decorations.
4: Oh, my gosh, yeah, that sounds really intense. I mean, with, with the regular sort of, like, traditional Halloween decorations where people just kind of go overboard and it's fun. I really like driving past those. I don't know if I'd want to live near them. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
4: But but yeah, I mean, that sounds a little gory. I, the thing that's more my speed is like, I know there's one out in Germantown where it's like a light show. It's a Halloween light show that's synced up with music. And so that's definitely more my speed. That's, that's too bad.
1: So as always, wealth of fall and Halloween type stuff to do from downtown Milwaukee to actually in Greendale, where I live, they got a really nice pumpkin carving station. Then you can add your jack-o'-lantern to the display. Jack-o'-lantern nights at Racine Zoo. Where do you want to start with the pumpkins?
4: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, that that's a good one. I mean, Racine Zoo obviously is a little bit of a drive, um, but there's a really cool jack-o'-lantern display, like you said, throughout their whole, um, throughout their grounds. So it's like these really intricately carved jack-o'-lanterns big pumpkin sculptures of animals. Um, But you don't even have to drive that far because Milwaukee County Zoo is also doing their boo at the zoo this weekend. So they do like trick-or-treat stations and Halloween activities. And, you know, to your point, these are like not scary events. These are like great for all ages.
3: I feel like more recently, too, like obviously we've been carving pumpkins forever. But more recently, Kelly, it seems like we've taken it to a new level. Like the type of artistry you're seeing in these gourds is remarkable.
4: It's absolutely mind-boggling because I can't I can't even get my face like a basic face to look right in a pumpkin, right? <laughs> um, but it's amazing what they do. I mean, if you go on Racine Zoo's um, website and just see some of the designs, it's it's an art form. You're right.
1: Talking with Callie Hurst, editor of MKEWithKids.com. dot com. I love old world Wisconsin, Callie. I think we talked about that before. What's the What's the fall attraction this year?
4: Oh, so they do a Legends and Lore event. So it's their annual Halloween event. It's, I'm also a big fan of Old World Wisconsin. I think, like, Candlelit, Turn of the Century Village. They have live performers and, like, fireside storytelling. They, do, they hold a Victorian seance. Um, just, you know, live music. And they're actually brewing a special kind of beer um, this year for the adults. Um, it's a special edition just for this event. Uh, you can wear costumes, treat-filled games for the kids. It sounds really fun.
1: On the non-fall or seasonal activities list, actually, you've still got China lights going in Whitnell Park, and then the King Tut exhibit. I think that's at the Convention Center, right?
4: Yeah. So the yeah, so King Tut. I just went on Friday. I got a sneak peek. Now it's now it's open to the public. So cool. You walk through nine immersive galleries, learning about this boy king, King Tut, but also about the discovery of his tomb. And it's really—it's very educational, very um, immersive. Um, more so than the other immersive shows that have come to town. This is much more of like a museum feeling experience. The um, the thing that's Halloweenish about it is that next week they're doing or like Halloween weekend they're doing hut um, or treat. So if your kid comes in a <laughs> costume <laughs> with a paid admission, you get you get free admission um, for that child. And so it's just like a fun tie-in to Halloween.
1: Callie Herbst, editor of Milwaukee with Kids, MKE with Kids.com. The full list of stuff to do for the family is up on the website now. Great to talk to you, Callie.
4: You too. Bye-bye.
1: Happy Halloween. That's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. See, classic, though. Like, wh- where do you start, right? Too much to do?
3: Well, you know, what's interesting is this year with all these Packers non-playing Sunday That's games true. in a row, like I felt like the Apple Orchards and some of these places have just been rocking. Pumpkin Farm it. stole one on oh, Sunday because the
1: yeah. weather was looking not good, and Sunday turned out to right. be great. Yeah. News about your money this morning, WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Market Update. Dow Jones Industrial Average closed on Monday, up more than 300 points to 33,985. NASDAQ up as well, uh, more than 1% to 13,568. And the S&P 500 at 4,374. That was up about 46 points. It's time for your retirement and investment strategy review from a fee-only fiduciary. Go to AnnexWealth.com and click on the Get Started button now. 642 on Wisconsin's Morning News. This morning, signs of hope, difficult as it is to see that their loved ones may still be alive, held captive by Hamas terrorists.
2: She looks like she's in big pain. And I can see that she's saying what they tell her to say, but... I can see that she's stable.
1: That is Karen Shem. She is reacting to hostage videos surfacing now. Her 21-year-old daughter, Maya, appearing in a video asking to be brought home. Officials now say it's at least 199 hostages being held, including some Americans. President Joe Biden is headed to Israel, that development announced late Monday ABC's Justin Finch.
3: Secretary of State Antony Blinken revealed the trip in a late-night announcement from Tel Aviv after meeting with Netanyahu and his war cabinet for nearly 8 hours. President Biden will also stop in Jordan with plans to meet with Arab leaders including Palestinian president Mahmoud Abbas. That surprise
1: you? That he's going? And I, I had mixed feelings on it. You on the one hand don't want to complicate things on the ground. Israel's waging a war right now. There's all of that going on. You have our Secretary of State who's been in the Middle East for a week doing his thing. It is a big symbolic move I suppose. So right? there's that. Twofold analysis analysts suggest it's a show of support for Israel yeah. by actually going there. You have to think that Israel welcomes it. So, okay, fine. The president planning to also, delicately put out there, so this is kind of one of his goals, as they're saying, the administration's desire that Israel back away from hardliners who are demanding like long-term occupation of Gaza. So it's delicate. The president trying to show support for Israel's right to defend itself, but trying also to talk Israel out of creating a situation that might invite other actors into the right. conflict. Right. Hezbollah to the north, another terrorist group about a Lebanon, or worse, Iran. So delicate dance mm-hmm. that he's going to do and i suppose right there's one person to do that that is the the top top guy Not that Blinken couldn't express that, but right. Commander in chief, yep. Yep. In Washington today.
3: He has an exquisite, uh, you know, complement of leadership skills. And I think that as folks got to see what he would do to bring our conference together, it gave him greater comfort that he's the right man for the job.
1: Instigator in chief there, Congressman Matt Gates of Florida, who led the charge to oust House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, throwing his support firmly behind the new GOP nominee for the post, Ohio's Jim Jordan, whom it is said still doesn't have the votes or is close.
3: Boy, I it's mean, not I'm sure deal. hearing a different number all the time. Grothman, Glenn Grothman was on yesterday on WTMJ Now, and he said that there are many Republicans who are like, no, we're not going to give him what he wants. We're not going to give Gates. This is exactly what Gates caused all this trouble for, and now he's going to win it. He's going They're basically going to reward the bad actor by letting him get the guy that he wanted in there.
1: The difficulty is what's the alternative, right? right? I mean, there were some theories that they might refloat McCarthy and say, no, we, we've we regained our heads here and we're going to put McCarthy right back up.
3: I've openly that said to out. my kids before, I've, I've openly said to them, no, I can't reward you right now. You, you're hounding me too much on this thing. Now I can't do what you're asking because you're being too much. I of- might have been inclined yeah, to go get yeah. the ice cream, but now you've yeah. been up, up <laughs> in my business so, yeah. all
1: afternoon. Sorry, are <laughs> you <Hanging> ice cream? <laughs> Can, we to Can we go to Smart Can we go to Smart No, now we're not. <laughs> Uh, at this point, it does look like Republicans will bring a vote to the House floor today. 6.45, Brandon's got sports next.
3: Trumpets, there go.
1: 6.53 on Wisconsin's Morning News, bringing friend of the program back from Ireland. She's back. Getting her feet back under her, Lori Nickel, two-time sports But she left her Journal passport Sunday. in
3: Ireland. <laughs> no, that's
2: not funny. Oh Never again. Never again. <laughs> Welcome home. So Thank you so much. I've been up since 1 a.m. Appreciate it. Oh, really? You can't adjust yet? <laughs> yeah, not yet, no.
3: All right, so I don't know if you saw this, Lori. There is a, a commentary in the Journal of Pediatrics, and I, this, like, really hit home with us, and it was basically mm-hmm. identifying mental disorders, right, for children and whatnot, and it says, and their thesis in this commentary was, primary cause of the rise in mental disorders is a decline over decades in opportunities for children and teenagers to play, roam, and engage in other activities independent of direct oversight and controlled by adults. So we're spending too much time with our kids, forcing them to do the games that we want them to do.
2: Yeah, I did see that actually before you and I talked about it because Jackie Herring, who's a professional triathlete in the Madison area, um, actually posted it on her socials as well. And she has kids and she would know obviously what it's that's like. Um, this is a topic that I've written and talked about probably throughout my entire career. And in fact, last week a story I wrote about high school volleyball, I think was the first youth sports story I've done in about 20 years. I generally refuse um, to cover high school sports because I think it's really weird to interview 16 year old kids about high pressure situations and have to deal with their parents, and, and um, I kind of refused to do it. So the the study that came out and, and the commentary on it was interesting and, and really well-cited, and I'm glad they did it, um, but I don't think there was anything new or shocking in there.
1: I look back on my childhood, too, and, Lori, like my most treasured memories are when We were just out there roaming around, doing exactly what the article described, making our own teams for playing whatever we were playing on the playground, lightly supervised at best. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe not at all, but we we survived. We definitely took some lumps along the way. Mm -hmm. But then I don't know if it's hypocrisy or if the world just changed around me. But as much as I wanted to, that's not entirely the way I ended up raising my own kids.
2: Right. Well, you developed things like conflict resolution as a kid. Um, you kids all, you know, develop leadership skills and role play, um, you know, how people fit into a team and all that. And that was all really valuable for us Generation X kids. But we also have to remember, you know, and I was lucky or cursed, depending on how you look at it. My mother was a probation and parole officer um, and her first you know, I knew growing up that there were sexual predators out there in our schools and our places of worship. So I, you know, as an only child, I grew up very differently than a lot of like you guys. And so I was more sheltered and protected. And I think one of the the issues that's cited in this study and this report is that people worried about crime and they worry about traffic yeah. with their kids, which are very valid concerns. But there's other issues, too. I mean, parents are deciding which extracurricular activities their kids are doing, which is totally gross, but um, they're fitting it into their schedules, you know, these activities. And I'm including like dance and music and sports and stuff. It's a huge financial investment for a lot of people, multiple thousands of dollars for a season. And it's a huge time commitment when, you know, it's all this structured stuff. Their kids aren't allowed to have free time anymore. um, And we're seeing this, you know, evidentially in every place, in, in church, in after school activities, kids who want to do multiple sports and can't. Um, So I think it's horrible. I mean, I, I disagree with all of it, but it won't change unless we back off and refuse to commit to these huge schedules and travel schedules and long hours over Christmas break of two hour, you know, two times a day practices and things like that. So, Good luck with
3: that. <laughs> yeah. There's something else to it, too, Lori. One observation that I've made multiple times, and I, I refuse to do it, like when, uh, because we've had um, a bunch of kids in our backyard plenty of times, whether it's cousins or friends in the neighborhood or just friends in general, like, and, and they'll just kind of create a game, whether it's they're playing pickle, throwing the ball back and forth and trying to tag people out, or even the wiffle ball or something just in our backyard. And uh, the parents will just be sitting in the patio and we'll just be commiserating or whatnot and one parent will, like, have to all of a sudden, without even realizing they're doing it, ump a call at first base or something, right. or or give commentary and coaching to one of the kids. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, let them right. figure out their game of wiffle ball. Like, we don't even <laughs> need to comment. In fact, I don't want to be part of this.
2: Exactly. So, and how do you handle, like, for me, uh, being a sports writer, you know, I really get irritated from that parent who keeps criticizing or the officials like um, not even that kind of fun play in the backyard, which thank you for setting that up for your kids. That's awesome. But also at games and stuff like that, I can't even be near parents. And some of these folks are my friends and family and I or, you know, even family. And I can't listen to the constant criticism and the whining and the complaining and the barking at the officials, you know, who make like minimum wage and all this stuff. I can't, um, I get so angry. We have to let these kids have some breathing room. You know, we're going to raise generations of egomaniacs and, you know, (laughs) um, kids who don't have a solid foundation of like self-assurance and stuff like that, because they were never allowed to be among their own peer group. And I'm not saying like bullying is okay and all that, but why are you umpiring a backyard badminton game? Let them right. figure some of this
1: stuff out. You know, well, you might We're have a future a badminton too. Olympian in there. You know, you, you don't know, Lori. Like you know,
2: oh, somebody man, needs some training. I'm competitive too. You know, if I'm playing you guys in badminton, I want to crush you. But that's yeah. like a fun thing. You know, that's not a like you know. Let me figure that out as an eight-year-old on my own, and and not. You know, it's just, I, it, it's one of my biggest pet peeves, and it's literally why I will not cover anybody. Like, Jordan Stoles is the only under-18-year-old I've covered in, the in like, pretty much my career in Milwaukee because I'm so this craziness.
1: Well, glad you're back home. Appreciate the chat this morning.
2: Thanks so much. It's good to talk to you. Yeah.